All right, Psalms 51, take it out in your Bibles, or in your worship guide, there is a half sheet of paper front and back with Psalms 51 on it. Somebody tell me real quick, how many verses are there in Psalm 51? There's 19 verses in Psalms 51. All right, we are, how many times a day are you supposed to read it? We're supposed to read it at least one time every day. Why are we reading it every day during the month of November? Let me tell you, you will never grow spiritually apart from the Word of God. If you want to flourish and mature and grow in the Lord, you have got to be in God's Word. So we're reading Psalm 51 every single day. Not only are we reading it every single day, but every time we what? Sin. Every time we sin, I want you to go and read Psalm 51. A person told me uh, last week, said, Pastor Eric, I am reading Psalms 51 every hour, it seems like. Can any of y'all relate to that? I mean, we all struggle. I don't know about you, but I really struggle with my flesh. I struggle with sin. I, I struggle with sin. Do you struggle with sin? Man, I tell you what, the devil loves to tempt me. To, the devil loves to do whatever he can to take my attention off of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and put it on sin. Please remember this. Sin is a substitute for God. When you sin, you're saying, God, you cannot meet my needs, you cannot meet my desires, so I sin. Sin is a substitute for God. Psalm 51 is a beautiful text of Scripture, and most of us really enjoy Psalms. Why do we enjoy Psalms so much? Because it is so personal. It's kind of like when you open up the book of Psalms, it is like you are entering into somebody's life story. You get to hear the, the great moments of their life as they're praising the Lord. But we also have seen the Psalms, people that are just weeping and crying out to the Lord. We know in the book of Psalms, we know that David wrote well over 70 of the Psalms that we read. We see in Psalms 51, Psalms 51 is a Psalm of repentance. When we think about David as he writes this Psalm, we think about great moments of David's life and the bad moments of David's life. When we think about David's life, we can think about 2 Samuel chapter 5. Does anybody know what happens in 2 Samuel chapter 5? A very profound biblical thing happens in 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5 is when the covenant is made with David that the Messiah will come from his family. As you study the beginning books of the Bible, you'll see that a Messiah is going to come through a certain race, that the Messiah is going to come through a certain nation later on, that a Messiah is going to come from a certain tribe, 
But when you study it with David, now a Messiah is going to come through a certain family, and that family is David's family. Could you imagine that covenant that God is making with David that through David's family will come the Messiah? We know that David served as king. Does anybody remember? How many years did David serve as a king? How many years was David a king? Forty years. That's exactly right. David was a king for 40 years. We know he didn't become a king until after Saul. We know that Saul absolutely despised David. But David is king. In the midst of being a king, he has a great sin come into his life. We know that sin was adultery, that adultery led to a great cover-up. The great cover-up led to murder. The great murder just led to destruction. It led to Nathan, the man of God, coming to David and saying those words, You are thou man. You are the man. And now we read Psalm 51, and this is David calling out. Here is the main thought I want you to get today. Get this thought. And here's the invitation. At the invitation, this is what I want you to do. At the invitation, I want you to come and exhale your sin and inhale the forgiveness of God. If you really want to know what Psalms 51 is, Psalms 51 is David exhaling his sin and inhaling the forgiveness of God. So let's start with this question. Question number one, how does sin affect us? So let me ask you that question. How how does sin affect us? Does sin, when we sin, does it affect us, yes or no? Yeah, let's look at it in Psalms 51. Look at verse number three. Our sin affects our eyes. Our sin stares us down. Look at verse number three. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is always before me. So what does our sin do? You might think the devil's going to tell you, hey, the sin really doesn't affect me, but it tells us in this text of Scripture, our sin affects our eyes. Look at verse number six. Verse number six, our sin affects our mind and our thinking. When you sin, it is not a light thing. So First Baptist, is sin a serious thing? So why don't you, in just a moment, come and exhale your sin to God and inhale the forgiveness of God? Look what it tells us in verse number six. Behold, you desire truth in my inward parts. 
When we sin, it affects our mind. Because why? Because God desires truth in our thinking. Look at verse number eight. Our sin affects our ears and our hearing. Verse number eight, and mark this, make me hear. Mark that word, hear. Make me hear joy and gladness. When we are in sin, sin affects our hearing, and hearing affects our joy and our gladness. That's why today when we were worshiping and we were singing, some of you, you can sing and you can just hear the praises of God, but some of you, your hearing is very dull because your heart is full of sin. Sin affects our eyes. It affects our thinking. It affects our hearing. Look at the next thing. Look at in that same verse, verse number eight. Sin affects our body. That the bones, mark that word bones, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. When you sin, it affects your body. How many of you have ever looked at somebody and you said, man, they have lived a hard life. Why do we look at somebody and say, man, they have lived a hard life. You see that they lived a hard life because sin takes a toll on our body. Sin affects our heart. Look at verse number 10. Here is David pouring his heart out. He says, create in me a what? Clean heart. Our sin affects our heart, and he's praying, Lord God, give me a clean heart because our sin, when you sin, you are sinning against a holy, righteous God. A statement that I read this last week and that was sent to me that said this, Sin kills us. How do we know that sin kills us? We know that it was absolutely perfect in the garden. We see the first two chapters in the Bible is absolutely perfect. The last two chapters in the Bible is absolutely perfect. But we see the moment that Adam and Eve, the moment they sinned, they spiritually died and their bodies began to, to die. Sin kills us. But I've got some great news. I got a God that sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who came and dwelt and lived among us. And I've got some great news to tell you today that my Jesus, he killed sin so I might know him. Sin kills me, but Jesus killed it. Why would I not accept the Jesus who killed it that's killing me? 
Look at the next thing. Sin affects our spirit. Look in verse 10 again. It says, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Our sin, it affects our tongue. It affects our lips. It affects our mouth. Look at verse 14. Deliver me from the guilt of the bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Sin affects our tongue. Sin affects our singing. Have you ever come to church and you're, you're walking with Jesus, you're close with Jesus, and have you ever noticed that your, your tongue and your lips, they are praising Jesus? Verse 15 says, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth, shall show forth your praise. I want you to get this. You... In just a moment, you need to walk down one of these aisles and you need to get on your knees and you need to exhale your sin and inhale the forgiveness of God. Because sin affects your mind, your eyes, your hearing, your mouth, your tongue, your lips. I mean, sin affects everything of your life. And why don't you come and exhale it to Christ and inhale the forgiveness of God? Here's what we can do with our sin. What do we do with our sin? You got a choice. I, I brought the biggest suitcase I had because we're big sinners. As a matter of fact, when y'all walked in the room today, you... Some of y'all, y'all are carrying a heavy load of sin. As a matter of fact, some of you are really weighted down. Well, what are we going to do with our sin? I mean, you're carrying it. It's affecting your thoughts, your eyes, your hearing, your tongue, your mouth, your lips. You got two options. Are you ready for your options? Here's your options. Here's what you can do with your sin. You can either uncover it and let Christ cover it. Or you can cover it. And then you will experience the discipline and the chastisement of God. So here, here's our options. What are you going to do with your sin last week? You got two options. You're either going to uncover your sin and let Christ cover it, or you're going to cover your sin and you're going to experience the discipline of God. So what do we need to do with our sin? Look at Psalms 51. Look at verse number 3. Look at Psalm 51, verse number 3. The very first thing that we need to do with our sin, and look what David says. For I acknowledge my transgressions. 
The very first thing that you need to do in this room and that we need to do right now, I want you to acknowledge your sin. Uncover it. When I say acknowledge your sin, uncover it, I, I, I want you to take a step farther. I want you to repent and turn from that sin. What is repentance? Repentance is a change of heart. Repentance is a change of mind that equals a change in direction. Let me state that again. Repentance is a change of mind. Repentance is a change of attitude and heart that equals a change in your direction. So in just a moment, what I'm asking you to do, I'm asking you to do something bold. I'm asking you to step down, come down to the front and say, God, I am exhaling. I am acknowledging. I am asking repentance. As a matter of fact, let's, let's deal with some theology real quick. Can you be saved without repenting? Oh, let's answer that again. Y'all, can you be saved without repentance? No. You cannot be saved without repentance. As a matter of fact, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, he said, I must decrease, he must increase. You know what, John the Baptist, his primary message in his preaching, repent. Did you know you can look at Matthew chapter 4, and the very first things that Jesus said after the temptation and now his ministry, the very first thing that Jesus said is repent. Do you know in Acts chapter 2, what does Simon Peter say? In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he's preaching, he says, repent. You know what the apostle Paul says in Acts chapter 26? Paul says, repent. What is David saying in Psalm 51, verse 3? For I acknowledge my transgressions. I am uncovering. Lord, I am uncovering. I am repenting. I am changing my heart. I am changing my mind. And Lord, change my direction. So I'm going to give you four questions. Write these four questions down, and I want you to answer them. Okay, question number one. Just answer. It's just us. We're just family. Question number one. Am I willing to call my wrong, wrongful acts sin? David said in verse 3, I acknowledge my transgressions. He acknowledged where I've stepped over. Number one, am I willing to call my wrongful acts sin? Sin. Uh, we in our culture like to call a lot of other names, don't we? It's not a white, oh, it's just a little white lot. No, it's sin. Oh, it, it's just stretching the truth. No, it's sin. I read this statement. I want you to get this in. Grace and mercy is sweeter when sin is bitter. 
Let me say this again. Grace and mercy is sweeter in our life when sin is bitter. Question number two. Am I more grieved over how my sin has offended a holy God than I'm over the consequences that I have reaped from my sin? Am I more grieved that my sin has offended a holy God than I am because of the consequences I'm reaping because of my sin. When was the last time you just got on your knees or you couldn't even get on your knees that you laid flat and you said, oh God, you're a holy God and against you I have sinned. When was the last time you were mourning your sin? You are not mourning the consequences of your sin, but you are mourning that what you did sin against a righteous, holy God. I mean, that is heavy, isn't it? But you can't understand Psalms 51 without understanding. For I acknowledge my transgressions. For I acknowledge my sin. When we think about Jesus and Jesus teaching the the Beatitudes, the first one, blessed are those who mourn. So many times we take that mourning, we're thinking about that we're mourning over somebody's death. Can I tell you, the real context of that is blessed are those who mourn and grieve over their sin. When was the last time when you sinned that you acknowledged it and you mourned it and you grieved that you have sinned against a holy, righteous God? Well, Pastor Eric, this is Thanksgiving month. I I wanted to be a little encouraged today. Can I tell you why I think our singing isn't what it's supposed to be? You know why our witnessing isn't what it's supposed to be? You know why our giving isn't what it's supposed to be? Because we haven't mourned how our sin is such a slap in the face of God. We have not mourned how great our sin is against the holy God. So we have forgotten how great a salvation we have. When you remember how serious our sin is and the cost that Christ paid for our soul, then we've got something to sing about. Because I'm a sinner. I am undone. Third question. Am I willing if necessary, to suffer the loss of all things in exchange for being clean before both God and man. Am I willing, if necessary, am I willing to suffer the loss of all things to be right with God? 
That's a strong statement, isn't it? Brother Bobby, Mondell, and Amy and I, we, the last three days, the four of us have been immersed, the last several days, we have been immersed in that third statement. We've been in a mission board meeting, probably one of the fastest movements of God, of church church growth and development around our world. And we have sat in the room the last couple of days with great men and women of God that are saying, I am willing to suffer no matter the cost. Repentance is say, God, I am willing to suffer and do it, so I'm right with you. Question number four. Are there any specific sins in my life that I have never truly repented of? Are there sins in my life right now that I truly need to repent of? You say, Pastor, why preach this now? Here's here's a reason why. My heart is so burdened, and I believe that we're not seeing a great move of God across our land because our chairs and our pews and American churches are full of unrepentant people. So what do we do with my sin? For I acknowledge my transgressions. Number one, we acknowledge, right? This second thing now. No, we have to acknowledge our sin, but we realize that it is personal. As a matter of fact, if you read verses one, two, and three, as you're memorizing it this week, man, I was in. Tuesday morning, men's prayer breakfast, and we're we're dealing with strongholds and how Christ can rip strongholds down in our life. Men are full of strongholds, and we're praying that God will demolish them. But one of the men said, Pastor Eric, you've given us a whole month to memorize these 19 verses. My, My goal is when I walk in church Sunday morning, I've got all 19 verses memorized in one week. I said, dude. Go get it. Go do it. He made it personal. David makes it personal. In verses 1, 2, and 3, nine different times you will see the words, me, my, have mercy upon me, O God. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before you, before me. It's personal. But look at verse number four. I want you to see this. Look at this theological manner. Look how 
he really pulls it in that I have sinned against God. When David sinned, he sinned against Bathsheba. When David sinned, he sinned against his family. When David sinned, he sinned against the nation. But overall, he realized when I sin, this sin is against God. Could you imagine when the devil tempts you to sin this week and you're about to do it? And when you say, no, this thought, this action, what I'm about to do, this is against God. I mean, look what it says in verse number four. Against you and you only have I sinned. I've sinned against you. So what does he do? He calls upon the ambulance of God's forgiveness. What is David going to do? He has sinned against God. And what is he going to do? He is going to exhale his sin. And he's going to inhale the ambulance of God's forgiveness. I want you to see God's forgiveness is an ambulance that comes to us. I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever had to call an ambulance? You you don't call an ambulance when everything is well. You call an ambulance when you're sick. Probably one of the moments I will never forget Amy and I'll call in an ambulance. It was in the, uh, the middle of the night. It was a time of Emily's life when she was having so many seizures throughout the day. In the middle of the night, Emily had a seizure on us. And I'll never forget, we were in our great room. Emily is laying in the floor of our house. And in this, she is not breathing. And Emily turns completely blue. Can I tell you, when your child is dying right in front of you and they're turning blue. Let me tell you, you don't worry about saying a flowery prayer. You're just trying, God help. You're not praying to impress anybody. You're not praying, trying to show everybody you got everything. You're just, God help. I remember that night as Amy and I have both been trained in CPR and Amy's down there working with Emily. Emily's turning blue and the, mo- the moments go by. I'm on the phone with 911 and I'm saying, we need an ambulance. And hey, I don't need it five minutes from now. I need you walking in my door right now at this moment. I, I, we need help. You know what David is? David is in a spiritual condition. He's laid on the floor. He is blue from his sin. And what is he doing? He is calling the ambulance of God's mercy and forgiveness. So you know what I'm asking you to do? I'm asking you in just a minute, when we stand and we sing, to step down this aisle, get on your knees before a holy God, acknowledge your sin, and call out upon the ambulance of God's forgiveness. I mean, look what it does for us. I want you to mark three things and I'll be done. Look what the God's ambulance of forgiveness does. Number one, you'll see in verse number one. Look at the last thing. Blot out my transgressions. I 
Aren't you grateful you can call upon the ambulance of Almighty God and you can call upon the ambulance of Almighty God and say, God, blot it out. You know what that blot out really means? The the blot out means that there is a stain in a piece of clothing, that the clothing clothing is stench and it, it has been stained. Really, the picture of it is that you're taking that piece of clothing and you're taking it down the river and you're washing it and you're taking that rod and you are beating, you are pounding that stain out of it. Oh, please hear me. When you call out upon the amulets of God's forgiveness, it doesn't rub the sin into you even more, but it doesn't rub it anymore, but it blots it out forevermore. David wasn't saying, God, come rub my face in this sin. God is saying, I'm going to blot it out. Oh, does it? Aren't you grateful it doesn't end with just blot out? Look at the beginning of verse number two, and I want you to circle to these two words. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Mark that word wash. Mark that word cleanse. He is saying, oh God, I have a disease, and it's the worst disease. I have the disease of sin upon my soul, and I'm asking you right now, Lord, I'm asking you, wash me and cleanse me of this We acknowledge, we repent, it is personal. We call upon the ambulance of Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ, is the one that gets out of the ambulance, and Jesus Christ is the paramedic that comes to us, and the paramedic covers us in His blood. Oh, what does that And he makes our sin white as snow. He blots it out. Hear me, my friends. When call upon the ambulance of Jesus. He chooses to remember our sin no more. He, he, what we choose to uncover, he covers. I got some good news for you. There's only one God, and that's the God of this Bible. And this God, See his son, Jesus, to pay the price for where you have sinned against a holy God in this Jesus, in his death, in his resurrection, covers 
ये हैव मर्सी ऑन मी ओ गॉड हियर्स द इनविटेशन आई डोंट वांट एनीबॉडी मूविंग डोंट पैक अप योर स्टफ येट What sin do you need to acknowledge today? What sin do you need to repent from? Where do you need to call the ambulance of God today? And say, God, blot it out. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this moment. God, we cry, have mercy on me. We cry out, blot out my transgressions. We cry out, wash me thoroughly of my iniquity. We cry out, oh God, cleanse me from my sin. Oh God, may we exhale the sin and inhale the forgiveness of God. God, I pray that we will acknowledge our sin. God, may we acknowledge that we have sinned against you. God on the flip side of that God may we acknowledge that it is your grace it is your mercy it is your sacrifice it is your death it is your resurrection that blots out that cleanses and washes me clean Lord I, I pray that we don't walk out of this room until we have exhaled our sin and inhaled the forgiveness of God this morning here's the invitation the moment we stand up to sing i want you to walk down this aisle get on your knees before god and exhale that sin god i i acknowledge this sin in my life it is against you i have sinned And God, I'm asking you. God, will you blot it out? God, will you cleanse me? Will you wash me and make me whiter than snow? God, create a clean heart in me. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to sing. I just want you to come forward and just get clean before God today. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, There's going to be pastors down front. Go with those pastors. Man, I, I need to trust Jesus. I, I need Jesus today. Maybe you've been visiting with us, and this is where God wants your church home to be. Find one of those pastors. Hey, hey, we're going to come and join. We're going to be team members. But for all of us, let's exhale that sin and inhale the forgiveness of God. God, I pray that we will not let our pride. I pray that we will not let anything get in the way. 
God, we just want to call upon the ambulance of the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness of God. In Christ's name, amen.